When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, FPL managers? Welcome to a new video from Fantasy Football Scout. It's game week three time. We're talking transfers. Plenty to get through this week. And Rob from FPL Hall has been kind enough to join me this week. So, Rob, how are you feeling after game week two? Um delighted um because the strangest thing so in pre-season when i did the don't have bruno and salah video and obviously that was a huge discussion in game week one it was the perfect problem for me because they both banged and i said when they both bang you're in trouble i'm like 1.5 million and this game week where i always say the one that you don't have you'll have a successful game week and that's pretty much what's what's happened so i've gone from like one point Five million to about six hundred k, with still a couple of players left. So, well, it's funny you say that. I mean, you're not seeing double everyone. We do have exactly the same yeah. <laughs> rank after game week two. We're both one hundred forty eight points cumulatively. So, it's interesting. And we both have gone Bruno at the start of the season, which is what you were talking about. You had a bad game week one. So did I. This week wasn't too bad. So, um, yeah, it wasn't, well, even, bad. It wasn't that even that bad. It was crazy. Ninety points didn't even get your top million. That is just. That's nuts. That's yeah, crazy. Uh, just goes to show, you know, one player isn't superior, you know, by a massive amount. And uh, both popular captain picks blank this week, Salah and Bruno. How are you feeling just, just out of interest about not owning Bruno? Are you Obviously, game week one was a huge kick in the teeth. But are you feeling more confident about going without him or are you looking oh, to bring ter- him in? Terrified. Every single game week. But it, it would be the same thing if we didn't have Salah because... Um, I'm potentially going to go from Salah to Bruno this game week because I was never Bruno because I didn't think he was a good asset in the whole discussion for the other video. He is fantastic. He's a great option. My argument is not having both of them if you want to attack the rank. Uh, And I just feel as though with Chelsea coming up for Salah, this whole international issue. Now, I know Liverpool have just come out and said that apparently they've refused him to go and play for Egypt. uh, But still a little bit up in the air, but the, I'm just having one of them and I compared the fixtures and the form. So that could be my move, actually. One of my well, two trans- We'll definitely talk about the Salah international news stuff coming out because I think, I mean, subject of this video, Salah out is a bit tongue in cheek to a certain extent because there is a transfer plan out there that you can get rid of Salah for the next couple of games if he was a doubt for game week four. Um, it doesn't look like that might happen, but we will talk about international break stuff another time. But I mean, if, let's let's move on to talking about your team, about our teams, just to see how we got on. 
in game week two. Let's have a look, see if I've got it set up. Yes, we've got your team right up on the screen. 65 points with Barnes and Antonio left to play. What did you What did you like about this game week? Um, the luck of that Liverpool defence. Um, 12 points from Trent and 11 from Simicast. And I think I saw somewhere just over 12% of FPL managers have both of them, which you can be happy about those returns. But I'm going to be honest, um, Liverpool have been pretty lucky. I think Allison has, he had a bit of an issue towards the end of last season. I think he was making a lot of mistakes. But I think Allison has started the season incredibly for Liverpool. And I genuinely think they've been really, really fortunate to to come away with two clean sheets and yeah. 12, 11 points. Yeah, I agree with you, Alisson, who's one of the best shot, shot stoppers out there, and he's definitely proved that in the first two game weeks. Uh, yeah, certainly watching the games, I feel like Liverpool were a tad fortunate. But, I mean, statistical-wise, it probably wasn't too bad. I don't think the XG for their opponents was, was too great, but it, it did worry you a little bit, and I agree. But Simicast probably doesn't become an option anymore with Robertson on the verge of coming back. So it'd be interesting to see what, what you, what, what your, what's your plan for Simicast? Is he going to go to another four point uh, zero well, defender? As originally before news came out about, so Veltman is on my bench and he was supposed to be my cover. So obviously after the deadline, he has a COVID issue. Now he, he was just isolating, but now he apparently he's, he's not going to be back till after the international break. So the problem that I've got is initially I would have wait, you know, fingers crossed, Simica should be going up and then I can get point one and I'll probably go down to, uh, is it Livermento, the the young fullback at Southampton for four million. Um, man of the match. Man of the match, fantastic performance, wasn't scared to, to get forward. Um, I'm not... It's not an exciting pick, but it's a four million defender to cover. Um, but I think Simicast is just gonna have to wait because if you look at the rest of my team in the international problems, uh, my wonderful goalkeeper Martinez, he is. I think the South American clubs are are a lot more likely to miss these games because they play like on a Thursday night and then it's the weekend and the whole red country list and stuff like that. So I think I've just got other things to deal with. And I'm far, I know Robertson's going to probably just stroll back into the side, but I think I'm okay with, if Simicast goes up another 0.1 million, I can afford to lose 0.2 million. So I'm not in a rush to, to, to get him out. Yeah, no, absolutely fine. I just want to answer something on the chat. I think Harry said, doubt John Barnes is fit. I'm pretty sure I said, did I say John Barnes? <laughs> <laughs> lacking match practice. Uh, lacking match practice. Although he's got a great rap game, I've heard. I'd love to have um, John Barnes in my team. But yeah, maybe I did say that. But yeah, Harvey Barnes, I mean, uh, later to play tonight. And yes, we do have the same rank. Same same points after game week two. Uh, but yes, Martinez is an interesting choice for you, Rob. Um, and obviously, I think Villa have got a bit unlucky with the goals that they've conceded in the first two. So I, I think I they were lucky to Martinez not give away a penalty. He <laughs> kicked... <laughs> need wilson in the head <laughs> yeah that's um, true wilson was just offside wasn't he but that was uh yes. that was a bit reckless from martinez um but yeah. nevertheless he's a he's a brilliant goalkeeper a great shot stopper like allison that we were talking about earlier, and so. i just want to point out as well uh, a, a worthy fantastic four pointer there from shaw uh clearly deserved uh, those two bonus points i think it you know no 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 conversations there. I mean, I the bonus point system rewards big chances created. And sure, just that's what he does. He never gets assists. He always just has big chances created. So as long as he can rely on the bonus points in a, in a null that's, game. That's why I've got him. 
no XG, no XA, nothing like that. No pure bonus point. That's, that's why there. So I wanted to touch on this that our teams are very very similar, which is which is partly why we have the same uh, overall rank. I think there's only two players different. You've got Martinez and Grealish. I've got Mares and Sanchez. But I think for those out there that are worrying about. If you're playing FPL seriously, the likelihood is the Twitter template, the, the Reddit chat, they're always going to recommend the best players. And if you're worried about having the same team as everyone else, I did Breakfast Club on Saturday, uh, Seb and Zofar, we, we had three players different, but the rest of the team was the same. I think at the start of the season with FPL, it's like a game of chess almost. Everyone sort of starts out in the same position and then we start making different decisions and slowly but surely our teams diverge a little bit so i wouldn't worry and say what's the point in playing fpl everyone's got the same teams i doubt that rob and my team will be very similar after four or five game weeks time so and and you have to think as well two two differences in the team out of 11 the combinations of two out of 11 is you know astronomical could be any two players and then like i said if i'm going to head off to to bruno and you stick with salad that, like I said, we'll start the season with similar players, but then we start to branch off and, you know, go Absolutely. your own way. Kind of well, I mean, I mean, let's let's have a look at um, at my team um, just quickly. Let's transition. Here we go. I mean, there were just it's very very similar. I've got sixty four points. Uh, that's one point less than Rob. Uh, and as I said, Sanchez and Mares versus Grealish and Martinez, but very, very similar. And 64 points was enough to give me uh, a green arrow from 1.6 million up to 631,000, which is great. Uh, and Rob and I are holding hands in that in that rank. But I think the, the ranks are pretty common amongst the points because the points aren't really that spread out uh, at mm. this current moment in time. So... Uh, it's not it's not too bad well what, what did struck me rob was um i think the home and away importance is just becoming so so vital at the start of this season that i think southampton and wolves in particular this game week were definitely a reflection of that wolves even though they didn't win the match were just totally bossing spurs for most of it and even though they didn't get the result it just shows i think Fans overcompensating at the start of this season. They're just going to urge their teams on more so. And Southampton, even though they didn't win, a very good result against a strong Man mm. United side. So what do you think about home and away advantage? Are we? Is this going to be more important to captain someone at home than ever before? I, well, I mean, Bruno was famous for being like the away player, right? And that still had fans at some periods of that time. Uh, I had eight out of my 11 were home. So I have been focused on home games. So I do agree with that. But also I did look on the other side of that. For example, I think Leeds is a really good example. I think we can agree that they have a particularly passionate fan base. First game Premier League match in what, 16 years? I think it was about 16 years. Um, That's a good start. (laughs) And well, that's how long they've been out of the Premier League and and being desperate and they missed it last season. And I think maybe playing at home in that game, 2-2 against Everton, I think maybe it's it can be both ways. I think the pressure of having the fans... I mean, when we talk about other results later, like Chelsea went to Arsenal and Arsenal were booing at half-time. So I think it, it, it kind of depends on the club and the fans and the position that club is in right now. So I yeah. think if the club is looking like it's on the upturn, then I can I can see it really helping. If the fans are a little bit expectant, for example, Newcastle fans, 
I think they're quite an expectant fan base that if they're not doing well and you're not playing for that for that Geordie shirt, they're going to be absolutely on your back. Um, yeah. So I do think it, it does work both ways. So you, so you mentioned Arsenal there. Um, something I think we're both having a dilemma of is whether to get rid of our City assets after they, well, I think we both got pretty lucky at the weekend. I mean, Grealish started the game, but he didn't really know about his goal, did he? He just went off his... <laughs> I disagree. I just think he's got that kind of vision. Turn to, to, to knee, no look knee. It's his new move. Okay, fair enough. I think maybe I was a little bit more lucky with my Mares return because he only played last ten minutes. But I think the Arsenal fixture, going back to it, they've got they've got Arsenal at home, and I think Mares probably starts that one. I think Pep uh, orchestrates like a meritocratic society at that club, doesn't he? So if you if you're scoring, if you're doing well, he wants you to play that next match. And if Mares got a goal, Grealish got a goal. I think both of them play against Arsenal. He probably wants a strong side. And Arsenal did not look convincing at the back, did they, against Chelsea? So I would imagine that getting rid of City assets ahead of Arsenal might be a mistake, regardless of the rotation risk. So is that what you're thinking, Rob? Are you going to keep um, Grealish? My initial plan um, was going to be for a minus four, and it was going to be Martinez, um, with a tear in my eye, Martinez out for maybe a Sanchez. And then it would have been Salah to Bruno, Grealish to Sancho. Like a mini wildcard. Yeah, minus four. Uh, Grealish, Sancho, Salah, Bruno, so double United there. Because so many people jumping off. You said earlier about um, about worried about clickbait with like Salah out, but actually he's now on minus fourteen point eight percent with three downward arrows of people sell, sell, selling him. So I think that's going to be happening with so many people got Bruno and Salah. So many people want Lukaku. I think they are going to be getting rid of. You're going to have to get rid of one of those two players and i think jumping off uh bruno when he's got like uh wolves and newcastle and next two it's it's uh I, but i backed out of the sancho idea after i saw the game yeah <laughs> like this was a pre-game plan and i saw him come on i thought i could, I could just go salah bruno Grealish, pogba and it seems like point to chasing but he's not because he gets these purple patches he goes on these runs. Do you remember when he came back in? Was it two seasons ago or three seasons ago? And he went on that run of like seven or eight games. And he, he has that potential. If he does play in that left wing slot, I think it could be a... <laughs> 7.7, I think he is now. I think it could be a, a good move. Oh, and lots of lots of lots of players you mentioned there. I was going to say, I was going to question your move to Sancho. He hasn't hasn't he obviously he's had two sub appearances, but he hasn't looked that impressive when he's come on. So I think he's definitely a wait and see. But it's interesting that you were potentially moving from Salah to Fernandez. So let's talk about Salah and the international break news because obviously there's a risk that uh, game week four he doesn't play if he goes off. Uh, on international duty but there's multiple reports on uh, in the news or on on twitter about the fact that liverpool have, have prevented him from meet joining up with his international team certainly for one game in a red list country and i wonder whether that is firstly true and what secondly whether or not it will move uh, and become more prevalent in other premier league clubs but it certainly doesn't look like salah's going to be missing game week four from those from those news so why are you still moving away from salah does does that worry you a little bit it always worries me if i don't have one of the two players but this is the game i start the season and my aim is to win and i I said it in pre-season if you've got both of them with that ownership i just don't think you'll win fpl if you've got both of them because one's always working against you 
Um, so of course I'll be absolutely terrified if I, if I don't have Mo Salah. But just about the about him not playing, it seems as though the he won't play the first game, but would play the second game. So it, yeah. I don't believe that he's getting ruled out entirely for for the whole international break, but also it looks like he could play the second game, which is closer to the game week, which makes it more worrying. I mean, if you play the first one, and he comes back with a, a week and a half to spare or whatever, it's fine. But if he plays the second game, that's the issue. I'm not sure I'm not sure the proximity of the game time is that much of an issue. It's Mo Salah at the end of the day. But I think the reason why he goes to one and not the other is because one is in an ambulous country. Yeah. And Egypt is in the red list. Obviously, this, these are getting reviewed, apparently, on Wednesday. So it's definitely yeah. worth holding your transfers until definitely. then uh, to just get clarification because we, we don't know ourselves. We're just speculating. But if Salah goes to, I think it's Gabon is the second one. Mm. He's double jabbed. He must be. And he comes back and he'll be he'll be fine to play in that Leeds match. I mean, so I you move... I don't know if he is because Newcastle came out, Steve Bruce came out and said there's players that he's got who, who aren't vaccinated. So... I mean, this is part of the problem, isn't it? But I, the problem is, I think that Leeds fixture for for Liverpool in game week four is very juicy, considering. But it's a way. All I'm thinking is you've and but Bruno's got Newcastle at home, so I'm not looking at it as a one v one fixture. I'm not looking at it as Newcastle against Leeds, Bruno against Salah. I've got to look at game week three, which is I think Chelsea at home, and you know I'm looking at in a pair there not just a single a single game week and over the course of two game weeks i think bruno outscores summer okay okay i mean that's fine um let's talk about some fixture swings now let's move on um so i've got i've got five teams here um wolves chelsea leeds villa and man united who are undergoing uh, an array of fixture swings coming up so wolves have a good run of fixtures starting from game week four and they're one of the teams that have been most underperforming in the last couple of game weeks. Um, Traore and Jimenez are statistically pretty good. No goals so far from Wolves, but uh, definitely a team to eye up if you think that a team that underperforms then starts overcompensating to make up for that variance. Uh, and you know, Watford, Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle from game weeks four to seven is very appealing. Um, Chelsea, we're going to talk about Lukaku later on, but and there's a lot of attention for Lukaku. I'm definitely tempted myself, but the immediate fixtures for Chelsea aren't very good. Liverpool, Spurs and, and Man City in the next four. So, I mean, a lot of people probably will be tempted to be patient and wait for game week seven, but you could potentially justify going from game week four, maybe in Aston Villa. Uh, Aston Villa conceded three to, to Watford. So, I mean... It's not the it's not the worst idea in the world, and and Leeds, of course, they've had a couple of tough fixtures to start the season. Man United and Everton um, still scored three in them, and they've got some good fixtures coming up. Uh, if you ignore that Liverpool match in game week four, so if owners Rafinha should be feel encouraged, and maybe a Bamford in game week five is not not the worst idea in the world either. Uh, Villa then have a bad run of fixtures from game week four. So Ings owners probably are looking to get off to either a DCL or maybe a Jimenez. And uh, Man United, interestingly, their fixtures slowly get worse and worse as times go uh, times goes by with uh, the greens running out and then the ambers running out. And then we've got Liverpool, Spurs and City in game weeks nine to 11. So what do you think, Rob? Um, is, does that echo your thoughts about your 
long-term transfer plans is that are you sticking to that sort of template moves away using these fixture swings um yeah i think it feels uh, some plans are similar i remember it was last year wasn't it when arsenal had the first three fixtures they were great and everyone jumped off them uh i think that's the same with aston villa i think everyone pre-season sort of penciled in villa out from from game week three um but talking about so talking about wolves first i said before we started about um second most amount of shots for Wolves uh, as the team, most take-ons and successful take-ons, most amount of crosses, joint most chances created, and they just still can't put the ball in the back of the net. But it, it will come. And it, from the the fans I know on, on Twitter that I follow on there, and they, they, they've come out of two games, and they're actually quite satisfied. They just if, if they score the goals, if they, if they get that final product, then for, for sure. And they've not got an easy start. You, you're not going to bring them in game week three, Against Manchester United, but that run following that is 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 really nice. And and Traore, he splits people. People think he's he's terrible. People think he's great. I'm in the middle where I think he can be genuinely a class player if he just just tweaks that little final technical product and that final decision making. But you just you just see the fear of every opposition. Like they don't know what to do with him. And that's why he gets fouled so many times and brought, and that's why he has to lather himself in baby oil because people <laughs> just want to haul him to the ground because what else can you do with him? Oh. But then equally, they'll pass him the ball. It'll come off his big toe and, and go, you know, up in the stands. It, yeah, you probably nailed it in one sentence there. I mean, I six love... Million. Six if million. you're looking to get to Lukaku and, you, and you've got a Mares or a Grealish and that's three million. Straight Absolutely. There. You've, you've definitely echoed my thoughts there. I really do like the look of Triore. I watched the last couple of highlights for for Spurs, uh, sorry, for Wolves. And um, sorry, that was a Freudian slip there, considering he's being linked to uh, to Spurs in the transfer window, which is something that off puts me. But obviously nothing confirmed then. It's just conjecture. But going back to his, his uh, ability, he is just immense in terms of take-ons, getting past players. Uh, it's just that end product. And I know that we're always going to wait for that end product. But we definitely saw that last season in, in stints, didn't we? He he is yeah. capable of finishing. And if he gets in a run of form, there's de- I, I'm very tempted to jump on. Um, I don't know whether... You know, he has he had two massive big chances, one-on-one, didn't he? And put them both wide, which is super yeah. annoying. But it is encouraging. And, you know... I think Jimenez is another one with decent stats. We'll look at some player stats later on. And both of them are impressive, spoiler alert. Um, but Jimenez is just lacking that that edge that he had, like, well, not last season, but the previous couple of seasons for me. Uh, I want to see a little bit more of him before I bring him in. But Triore definitely does look impressive. And that fixture one for Wolves is is certainly tempting if he doesn't go to Spurs. And that's a massive uh, I just, caveat. just want to touch on on leads as well i think a lot of us with rafinha but just a reminder about the international thing about um south american players is is the 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 biggest issue because it's not just game week four and five it's also game week eight and nine and game week 12 and 13 um so even though you can see leads is fixtures there and you're thinking well i've got rafinha in already this, this I'm, i've got him in this is fantastic but we're not just having an issue here we've got it at the end of september we've got it at the end of october we've got it at the end, uh problem at the end of november as well so yeah that's uh, a good point looking def- at leads maybe a harrison move or 
Rafinha's the number one man for me at Leeds there, to be honest. It's probably one of those things that if you've got strength in depth on your bench, then you probably don't need to worry too mm. much. But I think maybe Rafinha is more likely to go on international duty or be allowed by Leeds to go on international, on international duty like other than the likes of Salah, for example. So it'll be interesting to see whether the clubs actually let them go abroad. We've also got to worry about the likes of Antonio as well, who... Um, Jamaica, is he? Jamaica. Yeah, so... Definitely one to, to think about. And maybe it's worth saving one of the two free transfers for the international break. I am not, haven't made my mind up on that yet. Um, we will wait until Wednesday to see what the, the what actual... cheeky wild card. Uh, I, I want to keep my wild card as long as possible, I think. Uh, I think it'd be useful, especially with the Afri African Cup of Nations in January. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm aiming to try and save it as long as possible if I can. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I would just... Seeing if you would use it first. <laughs> We're even, right. Ted. I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying everything I can to just edge you in front. I'm going to so. keep cards close to my chest for my transfers. So, <laughs> Right, let's talk about the man in question, Mr. Lukaku. Let's move to him. I've got a, got a graphic on him. Um, he's in the spotlight this week, of course. An amazing performance against Arsenal. And um, some really, really decent stats. Uh, just from one game week, uh, of course. But when you compare it to for on a per appearance basis he is frighteningly good um joint sixth for attacking returns that's just one per appearance uh, 1.58 for xgi which is second only behind antonio uh three big attempts that's big chances plus big chances created that's second uh out of any single player and eight small attempts that's uh shots plus chances created that aren't big chances and he's first for that out of any player that's eight per appearance that's just insane 11 shots and chances created in one single match is just absolutely insane and you don't even need me to quote stats to you to say i mean if you watch that match how impressive he was i'm really really tempted to bring him in but that fixture rung as we saw earlier is is pretty poor but does that does that matter to you rob you mentioned something to me uh, yesterday when we were talking about it about centre back matchups and how he might potentially struggle a little bit more with some more uh, sturdy centre backs such as uh, Van Dijk and Matip. Yeah. Um, so with Lukaku, I think we know his quality, but you've got to keep in in mind he's eleven point five million as a forward. So you know he gets he gets just as a, a smaller note before I get onto the idea of the center back matchup is, is things like bonus points. So a forward, I think they get 24 bonus points for a goal, but let's say Chelsea win one nil and he scores because of the other ways that other players can top up those bonus points. I don't think he's as likely to pick up bonus. So you're probably looking, let's say between six to eight points every week or every other week. And I just think for 11.5 million, it's, it's it's a lot, but like you said yourself, this is off one game week. This is off one game. Now, let's just imagine Chelsea didn't have Arsenal. Now, I'm not trying to stick the boot in on Arsenal, but the, the squad, that they're missing their spine, so I'll give them a, a little bit of an excuse there. They're missing some key players in the middle of the, of the park, right? I mean, the way that Lukaku just tumbled Mari for that first goal. It's it's embarrassing. As someone who's a former centre-half, I'd be embarrassed if I went down like that because they've just got ball-playing defenders. So this comes on to the, the point that I said to you yesterday in, in, in a private chat where um, Peter Crouch talks about it on his podcast and he calls it, I think it's the gazelle and the buffalo. 
So strikers would 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 pinpoint this defender is the the gazelle, the weaker one, maybe the ball player, the one I can push around, and this one is the buffalo. Now Lukaku, one of his key important attributes is his strength, his power, his ability to to. He he made a YouTube video where this is this is how I do it. Give me the ball, I spin this way, and I score. And he still does that. He still <laughs> does the same move. He's got a YouTube video saying this is what I do every game. Oh, I love and that. No one's love that. It, apparently in the Premier League. But uh, there was there was sorry to interrupt you. There was just one point where, where he he was receiving the ball and he just backed into the defender slowly <laughs> and he made about <laughs> ten yards doing that and he just the, he couldn't contend with it. Oh. Absolutely incredible. Did it on the goal. They gave it to him. He backs it up and then he lays it. Goes out to James and he spins Mari. Mari goes down like he's being shot and then he he, he taps it in. But what I said in, in pre-season, when I was looking at transfers, and I said one of my points is I really want to specifically look at how transfers are made, how I make them. And it's not just player in general, team in general. It's who is this player I'm bringing in going to one-on-one face in a match? So Lukaku against Arsenal, he's got Mari and he's got Holden. They are two gazelles. But when you've got Liverpool... You've got Van Dijk and maybe Matip. You can argue they're two Buffaloes, two players who are pretty big, pretty strong. But if they've got one up front with, say, Havertz and Mount behind him in a kind of 4-3-3, you can bet that Van Dijk is the one who's going to pick up Lukaku. And you can't tell me that that, that Van Dijk can't pound for pound match Lukaku because he can. He's When he's fit, he's arguably maybe the best centre-back in the world. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. So then you go on to, to Villa and you've got Concert and you've got Mings. Mings is no shy flower and neither is Concert. So you know for a fact that they're going to be up for a scrap and Mings is probably going to be the one to, to pick up Lukaku as well. So then you get you get to Spurs. You know, I don't think Sanchez is too much of a pushover. Dyer isn't afraid to stick his head in. So And then Diaz at Man City or Laporte. I, I just feel as though... He had a fantastic game. Yes, I would be worried about not having him, but when a traditional plan is to wait till game week seven when the fixtures change, right? But when I'm looking and people say, no, no, I'm going to get in right now. I'm going to get game week four. And I just look and I think, who is he going to play against centre-back? Arsenal's a write-off for me. So who is he going to play next? Because we've not had him in yet. Are we going to get him in now? He's against Van Dijk. I think Van Dijk can deal with it. He's against Mings. Don't get me wrong, he's, he's probably better, he's better than Mings. But yeah. am I going to spend 11.5 million on that? I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. I sort of disagree with you to a certain extent. And it's a really good point about the matchup, so but I think if you if you just focus on him backing into a defender, yes, I think he's going to get more of a challenge from a a buffalo like center back as you put it. But I think he's probably versatile enough to to manage it in different ways and concoct a different solution. He's good in the air. He's rapid. He's gonna get. He's gonna have different opportunities to score. So I, I do agree with you. Obviously, the fixtures are tough, and I think the centre back matchups are going to be more uh, difficult to deal with than the likes of Arsenal. I am still tempted though. He is a class act. I, I think he'll be getting assists then. I think if say Van Dijk's behind him and he holds up the ball and he and he pings it round the corner to let's say they want to start Werner for a game or Havertz or Matt or whoever. And then when he tries to go around Van Dijk to get into the box, I think, I think he holds him up. So I think he could be end up 
being the assist of the assist or the assister. Yeah, he can, he can score corners, but any any big striker up front can... 100%. Can... I, I think this is partly why, why I do think he's going to be worth 11.5 million. But I mean, that game yesterday, he had one one big chance created and two big chances. Just shows that he's not just going to score goals the whole time. He will be an assister. And I think if you've got those two strings to your bow... That's potentially what brings you up to the likes of Bruno Fernandez and Mo Salah. So he could be he could be as prolific. I'll, I'll say that with a you know a, a high pitched voice because it probably is a little bit. He could be, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a bit bold to say that now because Salah and Fernandez are proven F- FPL multi year two hundred and fifty point plus performers. Uh, we yet to see that with Lukaku, but he has really matured and uh, become a sophisticated player. So. I, I... It, is, it is difficult, but and, and this is a good thing about perhaps not having both Bruno and Salah is the fact that I think if you only say you have Bruno, I think you could squeeze in Son and Lukaku, which is a move that I could be making. But I think I'm I'm not going to take the Arsenal result as this is him. I want to see some for like Sancho. We talked about Sancho earlier. He's a wait and see for me, and his ownership's low enough that I'm not as I'm not I'm not as worried about it that's fair enough that's fair enough I, I, it's it's difficult i think i want to keep maris for one more game week because game week three against arsenal i think is fine but then it sort of goes well lukaku's got villa and then he's going to have a long run of games i could do mares uh down to someone and then upgrade ings in game week four who also has a difficult game week uh, run a game from game week four up to lukaku that is something that i'm definitely looking at and i am tempted but I, I just don't know whether it's too knee-jerk. But I do I do like the look of Lukaku, but it, it's How a gut. How can you get to Lukaku? Well, so I could this week, for example, do uh, Mares down to like Damari Gray or Smith-Rowe and then Ings up to Lukaku. And I have the oh, exact funds for that. Would that be a bench or a player? That I would play... Yeah, I would have to play Smith-Rowe or Ailing or someone like that. This is what I mean. This is where it comes with the, the, the point. So... And again, when I talked about this preseason, and this isn't just you bringing in Lukaku's points, you are taking out Ings and Mar. So it's not Lukaku by himself. You are doing Lukaku and Smith Rowe versus Mares and Ings. And I just yeah. think Mares and Ings is the, or that price point, that, that split. Let's say you change Ings to Calvert Lewin and you change Mares to. A 7.58 million player i think that combination is better than lukaku and a smith row okay i mean it's a good segue let's have a look at some player stats so we can talk about more combinations uh i've got a chart uh a chart here of quite a lot of the key performers over the last two game weeks and as you can see lukaku is up there eight shots per appearance three chances created per appearance obviously as we've caveated this is this is one game week in isolation where most of the others have had two it's still on a per appearance basis so it's like for like we've got alexander arnold down there as, as some one of the best for chances created um and in, inside the bubble is just worth saying that there's big chances per appearance at the top big chances created at the bottom so that's the more the better chances um and Lukaku had two big chances, one big chance is created. But you were talking about Calvert-Lewin there, for example. He's not doing too badly. Five shots per appearance and um, 1.5 big chances per appearance. So very, very decent. But we also could see the likes of Traore and Jimenez there that we were talking about earlier, along with Salah and Mane and Fernandez. So and there's plenty of options to consider. Well, I go back to your point about 
like Tamari Gray or Smith Rowe plus Lukaku versus the likes of Mares and, and Ings. I think maybe if you can downgrade another person, just use one one transfer this week and then do that double move this week and maybe have that Smith Rowe as a 6 or a 6.5 midfielder, then that becomes probably a little bit more uh, long-term. Yeah. So mm. definitely one to consider. I think maybe a three-move, either a mini wildcard or over the course of two game weeks, is it might pay off if you really want Lukaku. But it doesn't sound like you're too convinced, Rob. You you don't want him until game week seventy. No, I'd have to wild card it because, like I said, everyone plays it differently. You've got to play it for your own team. And the problem that I've got is I've got a, I've got like two South Americans in my starting eleven. Um, I've got Grealish who get could get rotated out. I've got Veltman who's out till after the international break, and I've got Simicas, uh who's probably going to lose his space. So. If I was wildcarding right now, then I would possibly end up with Son, Lukaku, and Bruno Fernandez. So it's not that I'm against him for everyone else. It's just that I'm trying to obviously indicate the, the negatives for him. And I wouldn't rip my team up. Like if you're sat there playing your wildcard, then yeah, I'd probably bring him in earlier. But if you're thinking, right, like you said, you're going to take out two pretty good players and bring in one poor player and one top player in Lukaku, I just feel that the, the the balance is quite there. But honestly, for me, and I, and I pinpointed in preseason, because when I was doing my research preseason, his stats were absolutely incredible. And he's and he's carried it on to the start of this season. Absolutely fantastic. Mason Mount. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, he is the one person that I'm considering bringing in my team because he put it plump on Lukaku's head. And it was an app, like, it was an incredible save for, from, from Leno uh, to the extent where, Lukaku's got up after heading it and he's gone, has he saved it? <laughs> has he actually just saved that that header? Um, and he already had an assist in that game. And for, for Mason Mount, um, most amount of big chances with three, two assists in two games, highest expected assists. Uh, Chelsea have the most of big chances. So I completely agree with you. And Mount is not all... Lukaku. I'm looking at, at Mount for that. For that just price. just Mount to sort of cover the Chelsea. That's interesting. And go back to Mount. He was always been pretty good for the volume of chances created. He 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 makes for his teammates. But he's always been let down in previous seasons by Chelsea conversion. Lukaku's presumably going to sort that out, which does make Mount a really good option and definitely someone that I'm eyeing up as well. Maybe as a replacement for Harvey Barnes if he fails to. Um, to do anything more obviously he's got Norwich in game week three so I'll probably keep him for that but thereafter Mount does become a really good option and as you said three big chances created yesterday uh that's 1.5 per match because I don't think he got anything in the first match but I mean Chelsea on the whole were pretty good at the fall going forward at the back and we've got Reese James on this chart as well with the same number of chances created per match um he didn't start in the first game and that is the worry, Reese James, that he's going to get limited minutes. But if he continued yeah. to perform well, then there's no reason why he couldn't be a really good FPL option. What do you think of Reese James? It, incredible. But I think, like you said earlier, if you've got depth, if you're sat there with a 4.5 or four, maybe a 4.4 million white tomorrow when he goes down, likely, then I think you can take the risk. Um, if I'm honest, uh, I, I can genuinely see Chelsea winning it this year. A lot of pundits tipping them. Chelsea winning the title because they are so impressive defensively. They're European champions. And I think everyone's eyes are on United 
City and Liverpool. And it kind of has people thinking, you know, they're more like a fourth place team. Okay. Um, well, here's an argument for you. If you think that Chelsea are going to win the title, they're going to need to win the big games. And they've got three of the four big games coming up. So you do not think that bringing Lukaku in now might not no, be... Mount. <laughs> I, 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 it's possible that I'll do Grealish to Mount. What, what about Lukaku? I, he's going to have to score a few games if they're going to win those league, if win those games in the next four, aren't they? So Has Lukaku messaged you or something like... I just try, really try to get his ownership up. I don't know why, but I just really love Lukaku. <laughs> no, I, I, I completely get, but I just cannot ignore eleven point five million. And I like my my method this season has been getting points from my entire team. And when we look at the 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 teams we'll go into the next game week with, I've got other issues I've got to deal with, and I'm happy with my starting eleven players. And if I'm going to bring in Lukaku, there's going to be two players in my starting eleven that I'm going to look at and think. Eh, okay, I'm, well, I'm your, your point is that you're spreading the funds across your team, which is absolutely fine. You've got two semi-premium options like I do, Son and Mares. Let's talk about those. Because Son, for me, he, he got a good goal in the first game, but his stats haven't been that great. And his, his performance against Wolves was a, was a bit wasteful, in my opinion. Okay, okay. But okay, first you know, as being the 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 man of the stats, that he is like Europe's most clinical finisher, right? He is yeah. the stat. He's the Jamie. He's him and Jamie Vardy are the stat busters, right? So stats aren't for that. But I actually had a, a little chat on Twitter yesterday with Seb um, because he posted a picture of Sun's stats and they didn't look good but this is where the eye test is important this is where watching the games is important and he, he watched it too so i'm not it's not me against him or anything but for example on the stats it didn't tot up the moment where it was the second half and in that typical fashion ball goes over the top sun's in one-on-one is yeah. in the penalty area but instead of shooting like he normally would and stick it in, in the bottom corner Crossed it. he tries to cut it back and yeah. they tried to get a penalty because the defender slid and it came off his his shoulder that doesn't come in as a as a chance a, a shot was blocked it was open and and he and he hit it well but the shot was blocked but it looked like it was going in the bottom corner so i understand sun breaks stats but also the stat that's missing where you can see big chances and things like that is he was one-on-one. He a little bit like Salah in game week one, when right at the end of the game, he's in one-on-one. You think he's going to slide in the bottom corner. He tries to set someone up. Yeah. That no. doesn't come through the stats because nothing came of it. So I completely agree. And uh, there's a new stat that's hopefully going to be gracing our, um, our attention called expected threat, which has already been used. And I think that would pick up. But yeah, I completely agree. I watched that game as well. And I was yelling at the television going, why didn't you shoot, Son? Why didn't you shoot? And he normally does. Uh, The point I would make is Harry Kane last season, 10 big assists. That's, That's assists coming from big chances created, which was an incredible amount. And most of those assists were going towards Son. So Son is an incredibly clinical finisher. When he's going to play with Kane, obviously it makes him a better option potentially. Uh, it probably makes the team a better option. Uh, and we saw Kane come on for the last sort of 10 minutes in that match. Um, don't know what his situation is with the transfer stuff, but it, he could potentially start uh, against Watford at home, which is potentially where mo- when some of us are considering captaining Son. What do you think about captaining Son in game week three? Well, I'd seen pre-match yesterday that 
he went off early from the warm-up stun. And he came out and he played, and I tweeted during the game that his left thigh and hamstring was pretty strapped. And he obviously came off for Kane. And I felt, and actually the before we came on, Spurs, the embargoed comment or whatever it is, has come out and said he can't, when he, they asked about Xiaoming Son, how is Xiaoming Son? And he said, I'm sorry, I can't answer that. For now, he's all right. He had a strange feeling. He got to play. I don't know. Let's assess him. So that's it. that's the big issue. There, yeah, I remember You don't take Xiaoming Son off and you don't take Harry Kane off without good read. And it was like, what, 70 minutes? I saw Kane coming on and I tweeted, oh, Kane's coming on. You know, this will be good for Son. And I saw the number seven. I was like, no, Son's <laughs> no, coming on. Oh, it's like we're the same person. I'm pretty sure I reacted exactly the same way. Um, but yes, it is worrying because Son normally does play 90 minutes. And I think this knock was before the match even started. So yeah. uh, something to definitely keep an eye on because, I mean, I think Watford at home is pretty good fixture to captain instead of the likes of Salah against... Uh, who's he playing? Um Salah. Uh, Chelsea at home, of course. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if you've got Fernandez, Wolves away is probably um, not the end of the world. Uh, but as we've been discussing, home and away matches uh, can be can be quite sparse uh, in in this day and age. Uh, I would prefer to captain a player at home. So I will wait until the press conferences to make up my decision on captaining Son because. Clearly, by looking at this chart, he hasn't been actually that impressive in the stats department, and it's something that puts me off a little bit. So, yeah, I'm worried. Like, especially after I saw the United game, my initial Bruno to Salah transfer is looking a little bit shaken, and, I, and I'm, I'm bigging up Wolves because they've put really impressive stats. So, do I want to bring in Bruno and be forced to captain him? Because that, that's all I have to do if I bring him in and be forced to captain him. When you might, you'll be shielded. Saves, and I think Wolves have been really good. If you do do that, you will be shielded by the expected um, effective ownership and all that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, I'm not sure Salah, captain against Chelsea, is going to be that widely no, done. So I think I'll just captain Son and then just grin and bear it. <laughs> yeah. Antonio is not a bad shout um, either. Uh, who's he got? He's got Palace, Palace, Palace at home. So that's that's also a decent shout. Um, let's have another uh, chat about some of these other players. We've got the West Ham boys who are yet to play. They've only got one game under their belt on this chart. And we've also got uh, Vardy as well, who who is um, one game. But um, we've got the likes of Rafinha and Jota, um, Saar, Pogba. Any of those names take your fancy? Um, um, no, not really. Um, just But earlier, you talked about the likes of Smith Rowe. Would you not be tempted possibly by Gray at Everton? You- yeah, he was something I was meant. He mentioned along with Smith Rowe earlier, and he was. Uh, his stats aren't that great, but he. It's one of those things we we watch him on the pitch, and he looks lively, doesn't he? Yeah, he had a really good game, but he. I think he was the the biggest overperformer for game week two. Right, that probably says it all. But I mean, and and if you're looking at Calvert Lewin instead of Danny Ings or something, would I want to double up on the Everton attack? Oh. Not hundred percent. So it's one of those things. If you want Calvert Lewin, you probably don't look at Gray. You look at someone else. Like Odegaard's not a bad shout at five point five as well. Um, but it's Arsenal, isn't it? So <laughs> it's not, not for me. I'm sure they're they're going to rally at some point, at Arsenal, but um, not not great. And they've got City up next. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a wait and see, I think. Um, right, anything we want to talk about else on this chart? Uh, I don't think so. Let's move on to talk about defense because I think that might be quite prevalent. Uh, sorry, not prevalent, important. So we've got defense here, and this is just for the first couple of games. Um, top top right is basically the teams that have conceded the most chances. We've got the chances split by big chances and small chances. Um, so we've got Arsenal and Burnley and Norwich but, uh, top right there, which sort of means they've conceded the most. And I guess that's not really surprising from Arsenal's perspective, considering their opponents. Um, and Norwich have played City, of course. Uh, Burnley have played Liverpool. So I think quite a lot of the opponents is going to make a massive difference here. Um, Chelsea and City down bottom left. It's just not surprising and it's not different. It's not different from what we saw last season. So that's massively encouraging if you want to invest in the Chelsea defence particularly. Who uh, would you go? Who would you back? Because of rotation and, and the players that they've got, apart from Mendy and God, it's just like Edison at City. Who do you back? Yeah, defense. the prob- problem with City is obviously the rotation, but I, I guess the rotation is prevalent in both, the, of, them. both, both of, of them. them. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think you'd have to go Reese James and just hope that he plays more often, like three and four or something, but you have to make sure you've got cover on your bench. And with Man City, probably Diaz, maybe? I mean, he got yeah, a good... Yeah, yeah, it's got to be Diaz. He got, a good, he got a good assist for Mares at the weekend, so uh, he's clearly got a, you know, a couple of attacking returns in him. Uh, worrying about Stones though, I thought Stones was going to start the season, but he's been nowhere nowhere to be seen, so it must be an injury worry. Um, let's move on to talk about, I want to talk about the, the teams at the bottom left here. We've got Wolves and Aston Villa, and what I was going to say to you earlier about Martinez, I wouldn't worry about Martinez, is that Aston Villa have conceded 1.5 small chance goals per appearance. So the numbers in the bubble, we've got the big goals conceded, we've got the small goals conceded at the the bottom and that pro- that just means that they're conceding more of the difficult efforts uh which which i wouldn't worry about because those are going to like fleet away martinez is one of the best shot stopper in the league which is why he probably hasn't conceded a big chance he's a really good reaction saver so yeah. um i just don't i wouldn't worry about the aston villa defense too much just yet i think uh tottenham on this chart should should be pretty thankful <laughs> that they haven't conceded a single goal because a lot of shots conceded in total. Um, and Wolves should have had something yesterday, I think. Um, Leeds, I think, should be pre- count themselves pretty unlucky. that Those two small goals conceded, probably coming off the back of the Fernandez hat-trick in game week one. Uh, but yeah, got to worry about Arsenal, potentially. Um, but yeah, does anything else strike you about that chart? Anything we should be worried about or... I just don't think that, to be honest, that there there are any surprises in this chart. I, th- I think we knew Norwich were going to be difficult. Arsenal were going to find it difficult. Southampton just lost Vestergaard. I think, you know, um, Burnley, Burnley just feels a little bit stale. You know, the, I can't tell you the last time Burnley fought someone. Or change something. You know <laughs> they what I mean? Need, they don't need they don't to buy anyone. They take a lot nicely and they, they bank the money every season. It's great. <laughs> um, Newcastle up there. There's just the split. If you drew a line in the top right and the bottom left here, uh, I'd just probably put Watford in that top right corner and uh, I'd call it a day. I'd, I'd say, yeah, that, that's exactly what I would have predicted pre-season i mean that's interesting because obviously this chart is going to be a little bit skewed by the opponents that they've already played but if if you just take the opponents 
out of that, then I probably agree with you. They probably are going to end up up there. Maybe it's a little bit harsh with Arsenal. Um, because well, Arsenal... you can say easy on Villa. You said about Villa, but we all knew the first three games were, you know, lovely on paper. Um, yeah. But come back in game week eight, and we'll have a look where Villa is on this chart. And uh, yeah, they did concede plenty of popping up in that top right corner. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I think the proportion of small chance they concede is, is much bigger than the big chances. So that they are they're not bad. John Terry has left their coaching staff. I don't know how much of impact that's going to make. Um, but as you say, they've got had easier fixtures. Wolves is an interesting one because they I expected them to play attacking football, and they have at the expense of their defence. But they've still managed to you know not concede too many shots, which is quite interesting. So. That sort of puts me off. If you were a Fernandez owner, how how confident would you feel about captaining against Wolves, specifically away at Molyneux? Not 100% sure. Um, so against Watford, maybe Swan's a better shout. We've got injury staff and the Chelsea are just absolutely rock solid. So uh, captaining uh, Salah against Chelsea is just probably a little bit too risky. Which is why I'm saying that game week four comes into play leads away for Salah could be fantastic, but I think Newcastle at home for Bruno maybe yeah. it's him in front, you know. Oh, you know what? What am I talking my, myself into, like captaining Mares against Arsenal? Is I, think, this... I, think, I think it's a great idea. That's a, I, I, I'm not sure I could do it to myself because I can just see that team sheet and Mares on the bench and I'll be <laughs> I'll be grumpy for the rest of the weekend. Comes uh, on, bang it... the brace. We'll <laughs> Oh, I don't know. One confirmed player to play for the man's for the Man City team. One player. Everyone can bring him in and be happy. Laporte. Who's that? Laporte. Laporte. Oh, great. Laporte. He's literally <laughs> said he's come out and he said, um, uh, Pep said, like, for example, Laporte. If they played really well in that game against Norwich, they're gonna play the next game. Yeah. Um, so and he, you know, pointed out Laporte. So if you if you desperate for a man city player to play in that next game something's uh, wrong with stones isn't it I, anyway i think it's just late back though i mean it's only game week two finished and uh late back and when you've had players in city's depth and quality and you're late back you're gonna have to really stand out to to get back into that man city side something we have somebody haven't talked about is um tony someone that neither of us own, but I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the chat that do own him. What would you do with Tony? Would you would you leave it one more game? I hope Brentford got, they've got Villa, Villa away. I mean, that's tough, I'd say. Um, and then Brighton, Brighton at home, and then Wolves away. So would you keep Tony? I, he's had a few chances in the last couple of games, but he hasn't looked too, um, what's the word? Confident finisher? <laughs> no, <joking. laughs> Uh, I, I'd uh, I'd try and turn back the hands of time and not start the season with him. Uh, but no, seriously, I would six point five. Uh, for me, in that area, Armstrong, easy, fit, lively. He missed two massive chances. He missed that one on one. Well, I mean, it's a good save from De Gea. I don't want to say missed. It was a good save and a good chance. And then off the corner when he headed it across the goal instead of just knocking it into the goal. Um, so for six million, I think he is a is a is a better one. Fixtures are a little bit up and down. Yeah, but for they six are. million, you can take it. Who says um, got but... New, Newcastle, West Ham, City, 
Wolves, Chelsea, Leeds. So it's not the best run of fixtures, but no. Newca- Newcastle in game week three is not bad. But I, I always said that there's no there's no championship player that 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 scores all those goals in the championship and comes up and does it in the Premier League. And I'm not saying he's not good, but he you look at the the touch charts and the heat maps, and he's the one that's back. And is it Mbuema, the the midfielder? Mbuema. He's the one that, that yeah. that's all the way up there. So. I'm just not massively convinced by Brentford. This was my worry at the start of the season. I wanted to see how they would adapt to the Premier League. And I mean they've they've had they've had Arsenal and Palace. Was it Palace they played against? I always forget. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the nil-nil. Like if you <laughs> if I was to say to you before this game week, Ted, who is going to be the nil-nil this game week? <laughs> you just said you just said Brentford and Palace. Well, I wouldn't have actually, because I thought Brentford really? were more attacking, uh, and I thought they would have, you know, got a goal in that game. But the Palace are pretty solid, and and Vieira is trying to make them play progressive attacking football. So I I don't know. I, maybe last season I would have said that, but uh, I don't know. I, Brentford are a, a bit of an, an enigma for me, yeah, and they they haven't proved themselves to be equivalent to Leeds. Um, last no, I season. just wouldn't have. I, I don't start with promoted players or especially a team like you you can look at Norwich and Watford because they were they were in the Premier League two seasons ago yeah uh, Brentford haven't been and you just just yes not for me not for me that's why 4-4-2 I think was the way to start or 5-3-2 okay. we're coming up to five minutes before the hour uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna leave it but I want one final thing from you Rob I want your transfer plans for your team i want and i know i was going to keep my cards close to my chest but i was only joking i'll um i'll, I'll tell you my sort of plans you, you go first then. oh no <laughs> i i am genuinely considering getting lukaku in in game week four just because if chelsea are going to win the league i think they're going to win against spurs and they're going to cause city some issues so I just like the fact that I've, I'm a Bruno, so I don't have Fernandez, which means I'm not attached to Fernandez. People are going to be attached to Salah and Fernandez, which means it may, it's difficult to get to Lukaku just because of that mindset. Obviously, it's easier in terms of the price points. But I'm not massively happy about owning Mares uh, right now. Uh, obviously, that could completely change because one game is, is a massive deal in this in this stage of the season. Son is okay. He's been all right. He might change that against Watford. If he becomes an injury trouble, then that's... Yeah, I was going to ask, what would you do if he's out for Watford? Well, I would probably just use it as an excuse to get Lukaku. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, I'm going to try and sort of wangle getting maybe Lukaku, Calvert-Lewin, maybe Traore if he stays at Wolves. Even if he moves to Spurs, he's probably not the worst option. But that those sort of three, I like the look of those three, and I'm going to try and find a way of getting those in over the course of two or three game weeks. I'm probably not going to move Salah on if if it if it looks like. No, he's... I I don't think I can afford to. I don't have a bench. Yeah. In the cast, Veltman is out. Parika is a rare Pokemon card because no one can get him anymore. <laughs> so I've got I've got Simicast as first sub. I I I, I can't afford a Salas a Bruno move. I think. But if Suns are injured, then uh, oh oh boy, <laughs> I'm in I'm in trouble. So no, I've got two transfers. It's good. So you 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 but you're going to be uh, the dullard here and go sort of Simicast to Liveramento or something like that. No, I'm going to go Salah to Pogba. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> People go nuts if that's the case. Um, 
Uh, honestly, I, I need to use one transfer, probably Veltman to um, maybe or Veltman to a, a 4.5 playing. Yeah. It's just I've got someone on my bench. Yeah. Um, and then I might bank a transfer. Um, yeah. Because I, I've got to wait for Sun because that that's the big problem now, isn't it? If, if the same, let's assess him and it comes out. And it, if he's strapped up his thigh or his hamstring, that's not good. And I know he did play, but he did also come off. So did that 70-minute run out really do some damage and knock him out for the next game? Yeah. If it has, um, I don't know, I might bring in Mount. Uh, I, I, yeah, I go I Sun to Mount. I do like that. I, I think this is this is the moral of the story, isn't it? We've got so much information coming out this week. Wednesday, we're going to have more clarity about yeah. the international travel stuff. Press conferences, Thursday, Friday, we're going to have more information about potential injuries. Let's wait until then. Let's be patient and make transfers. I'm probably maybe only going to make one transfer this week and maybe make a double transfer next week. Uh, and I think Martinez that... in goal as well. I think you're fine. Just I, I think Martinez is such a good keeper. I think Villa have just been unlucky to concede the goals yeah. that they've scored. No, uh, I just mean for the international. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, with Argentina. Yeah. Did you not think about this, Rob? <laughs> I, 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 you know, I forgot my crystal ball at work. <laughs> I was going to bring it before the deadline, and unfortunately it. Uh, I only had my Magic 8 ball, and it said ask again later. Did it? It's not very helpful, is it? Uh, just, well, who? so who are your captaincy choices? My captaincy choices were mainly Son yeah, um, because I don't have Fernandez. Uh, if, if not, it might have to be Antonio or Mares. I'm not 100% sure. So I'm, I'm a bit lost for, trans, uh, for captaincy at the moment. But I think captaincy, sorry, Son on paper is probably the most logical choice if he's fit, that is. I, th I think, honestly, a, a real outside pick, if he gets his fitness up, Barnes at Norwich... I, I just want to see it. Yeah, I mean, he's only had one game, isn't he? Well, let's see. Tonight, haven't we? Yeah. To, to, to watch it and let's see if see. he plays and if he's got his fitness up. But I, there's some worrying signs already at Norwich. Um, yeah. And if and if you know Sun's out, I don't want to captain Salah against Chelsea. I've not got Bruno. You know, Sun's out injured or whatever. I'm looking at. I, that's it. It's it's Captain Barnes and Vice Captain Antonio. I know, I know well. they're top right on this chart, but they have played the two toughest teams. Well, I mean, arguably the two, two, two toughest teams, Liverpool and City. Chelsea might be one of them as well now. But I mean, I, let's not be too critical of Norwich just yet. I mean, it's a little bit harsh about the opponents. But yeah, they haven't been great. And, um, you know, they did concede quite a few to each team, but that might have been expected. I want to see them against some some less lesser opposition and... Um, and then make my judgment afterwards. But yeah, Leicester, obviously Harvey Barnes against Norwich on paper is a decent fixture. Um, <laughs> I, may, I may just end up going Mares. That's just, I can't, I can't do that to myself, Rob. I can't. If, 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 you know that, that meme where the guy's riding his bicycle and he sticks the stick in his wheel <laughs> and it holds his leg, that is, the, that is captaining a Manchester City player. <laughs> that is it. Like, and you're just going to spend, you're going to spend a whole week looking at your bus team and looking at that little C next to Tamara's name. And then 10 minutes before deadline, you're going to say, no, <laughs> 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 I'm do it. no way am I captaining Mares for this oh, game week. Oh my God. I've already, you know, gone Bruno. So, I mean, it's, it's already painful enough. I'm not sure. Well, the good thing about this week is we might see a, a, a more forgiving in fact, no, I'm going to say the back. People aren't going to captain Salah, they're all going to captain Bruno. 
Uh, and if Bruno bangs against Wolves, um, I'll just DM you some sad tears and we can cry about it together because yeah. I don't think Salah's going to bang against Chelsea. Bruno could bang against Wolves and we're in trouble. We will have to see. Uh, it's been a I good... might even do Salah to Bruno and then Son, if he's injured, out to, to someone else. You, you did know, say that. By yeah. the end of the week, I'm going to have Lukaku. Lukaku <laughs> <laughs> captain. But... I would love that. I'd love that. I'd full-on hypocrisize you if that's even a word um right it's been a good chat rob let's leave it there and um good luck for game week three with with whatever transfers you make it's going to be an interesting one but basically the moral of the story is wait as long as possible to make your transfers for sure this week especially yeah. yeah 